let me start off my part today with a disclaimer. This is not a talk or a sermon about finances or investing. But I want to do today what the writer of Proverbs did thousands of years ago and use the principle of compounding interest to teach us about the power of compounding faithfulness. Listen to the writer of Proverbs chapter 13 verse 11. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Get that phrase, little by little, in your spirit today. The wisdom writer is teaching us about the dangers of quick results, overnight success, and instant gratification, all while preaching the value of slow, gradual, consistent, incremental faithfulness over the long haul. Money is the illustration he uses, but the principle is true in every area of life. Recently, over the Christmas holidays, I had a meaningful conversation with my 20-year-old daughter. She's our youngest of three, and we were talking together about these things. Our family has a a, a probably a little different uh, environment than most. I have heard that some people, some families feel that it is taboo in their family to talk about money or faith at the dinner table. In our house, we talk about both. First, because I believe those two things intersect. Jesus along with several other writers of Scripture, teach that what you believe about money and how you use money reveals much as anything else what you really believe about God and His Word. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But there's another reason we talk about faith and finances at our dinner table. Biblical literacy and financial literacy are two generationally impacting conversations that families are not talking about enough. I want my kids to grow up proficient at both. And in this recent conversation with Addie, I was explaining to her how a 20-year-old, how little a 20-year-old person has to put back on a weekly basis to become a millionaire by age 65. $65.86 a week. And that's not just in a savings account, that's in an investment account that is interest-bearing. She immediately responded, I don't have that much money. She's a college student, but she also has a job. So I told her, you have a job. Before you tell me you don't have that much money, let's sit down and add up how much money you're spending on $6 coffee drinks every week and how much you spend at Chick-fil-A every week. And when you do eat out, how many $3 sodas you're buying instead of drinking water. I have a feeling you can't afford it. You've just chosen to invest your money into other things. And then she thought a little bit more about it and got confused at how such a small amount of money could add up to a million dollars. I said, it's because you're so young and you have the power of time and the power of compounding interest. Over the course of the next 45 years, because of compounding interest, $65 and $86.86 every week will become $1 million or more. I use three percentage points below the annual rate of return to come up with that number. If you wait until you're 30, the amount you have to put back triples. The earlier you start, you multiply the power of time and the power of compounding interest. I put it on a graph. And when you look at the graph, the impact looks really uninspiring for the first 20 years. 
by the time she's in her mid or early 40s, assuming that she stays faithful, the graph starts to climb quickly. It starts to snowball exponentially for the last 20 years. The graph speaks to one of the biggest problems in most of our lives. Most of us don't stick with anything long enough to allow compounding faithfulness to snowball in our favor. If it's not exciting, if we don't see immediate results, we give up too easily. We give up on church, we give up on marriage, we give up on people, we give up on dreams, all because we think if we can't see something happening, then nothing is happening. But with God, that's just not true. If you understand the math behind compounding, you realize the most important question is not, how can I earn the highest returns? It's what are the best returns I can sustain for the longest period of time. Little change compounded for a long time creates extraordinary change. This isn't a conversation about compounding interest in money. It's a conversation about the power of compounding faithfulness. And faithfulness in its rawest is staying committed when you can't see results. It's holding on to a promise when you have no evidence of a miracle. It's still having faith when you have no sight. It's continuing to pray when the answer doesn't come. And for a church, it's not buying into every fly-by-night trend and fad that comes along. It's being faithful to the things that matter most. It's being consistent and integral in the uninspiring little things that over time yield the greatest results. That's the power of compounding faithfulness. And that's what the writer of Proverbs was saying. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. You could remove the word wealth from that proverb and replace it with just about anything in life that matters and the principle would be true for just about anything you put in the blank. They're going to put it up there and leave the blank. You put what you want in that blank, something of value that matters. You could put success gained hastily will dwindle. Personal growth, spiritual growth, church growth, whatever you put in that blank will be true. What is gained hastily will dwindle, but what is built over time by consistent, faithful pursuit will incrementally increase and it will be lasting. You could put something as practical in there as weight loss in that blank and it would still be true. I mean, all of us that have tried the yo-yo crash diets, we know the faster the weight comes off, the more likely and the more quickly the weight will come back on. Nothing replaces little by little commitment to be consistent in the small things every day for a long time. The writer of Proverbs isn't teaching us just about money and investing. He's teaching us about life. And here's the life principle. Invest consistently, grow exponentially. The exponential nature of this kind of healthy growth over the long term is never noticed in small snapshots of time. It can only be appreciated with the accumulation of time. Parents live with their kids every day and they don't realize how much their kids are growing and changing every single day until they go back and look at a photograph or a relative that hasn't been there in a long time visits and usually what the first thing they say when they look at the kids is, man, how look at how these kids have grown. The healthy growth happens right under our, our noses as parents, but it's so slow, it's so gradual, we don't notice it or appreciate it until we look at a photo or a relative points it out. Here's another way to think about this. 
According to the National Institute of Health, the age-adjusted death rate per capita from heart disease has declined more than 70% in the U.S. since the 1950s. So many Americans die of heart disease that cutting that fatality rate by 70% leads to so many saved lives that the number is hard to comprehend. Had the rate not declined, if we hadn't become better at treating heart disease and the mortality rate hadn't plateaued since the 1950s, 25 million more Americans would have died with heart disease over the last 65 years than actually did. 25 million people. Every single year, the improvement is incredible. More than half a million fewer Americans now die from heart disease each year than if we hadn't made any improvements since the 1950s. I mean, that's a full football stadium saved every month. How is this not a bigger story? I mean, why are we not shouting in the streets about this incredible breakthrough medically? And why are we not building statues to honor cardiologists? I'll tell you why. Because the improvement happened so gradually, so slowly, so incrementally, nobody noticed. And when it happens slowly and gradually, it's not sensational enough to be reported in the news. The average annual decline in heart disease mortality between 1950 and 2014 was 1.5% per year. Hardly anybody clicks the link to the article with the headline that says, Heart disease declined 1.5% last year. Because slow and incremental is not what we want. We want fast. We want overnight. We want instant gratification. 1.5% is not a big enough number. It's not attention-grabbing enough. It's not exciting enough. You would probably read that headline, yawn, and move on to the next article, which is what we do all the time with slow incremental change because we don't value the power of compounding faithfulness. In anything in life that matters, if you invest consistently, it will grow exponentially. Your money your marriage, and any other relationship in your life, your health, your walk with God, your dream, your future, your calling, whatever you invest in consistently and incrementally will grow. It may grow so slowly that you don't appreciate it and the people watching your life don't even notice it because they're just looking at a single snapshot of time. But if you'll stay faithful over the long haul, through the accumulation of time, the long-term graph at one point is going to turn over. It's going to start to show a snowball in there, long out there in the future, and it's going to reveal exponential growth. It's the power of the little by little principle. And it's illustrated in that old children's story we always used to tell about the tortoise and the hare. In life, being consistent and steady and faithful for the long haul is better than being faster in a single moment of time. There's an African proverb that says, little by little, a little becomes a lot. Over the years, when I've been frustrated leading the church because the vision wasn't advancing quickly enough for me, I had mentors that I would go to and pray for me, help me, mentor me, help me, you know. And, and I had one particular mentor when I would come with these frustrations that always said the same thing to me. Brian, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. Now, I have no interest in ever eating an elephant, but I got his point. If you're trying to tackle something big, you got to tackle it one bite at a time, little by little. As they say, Rome wasn't built 
in a day. And Noah didn't build the ark in a single day, little by little. In the face of God's irrational command to him, all while his neighbors and family and friends are mocking him and ridiculing him, Moses or Noah faithfully prepared for a flood while the sun was still shining, little by little. That's exactly how God promised to drive the enemies of Israel from the promised land. Exodus 23 verse 30. Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased and possess the land. So God's making a promise. But at the very beginning of this promise, he is warning them. This isn't going to be quick. There is going to be no overnight success here. It's going to happen little by little. You're going to have to stay committed and faithful for the long haul. Many didn't. And they forfeited that promise. But those that stayed faithful over time, little by little, walked in the fullness of that promise. It's the power of compounding faithfulness little by little over time. As many of us found out last year in our Bible engagement program we launched here, we read the Bible together as a church family. More people in this church read the Bible last year on a daily basis than ever before in the history of this church. We did it faithfully, we did it daily, we did it incrementally on a consistent basis, and it transformed us. There is something so much more powerful about consuming and meditating on God's Word a little bit every day than trying to absorb large blocks of it at random times. It's a principle in all of life. Exponential growth, change, and transformation happens by consistent, incremental faithfulness for the long haul. Eugene Peterson, probably best known to the most of us for his work in giving us what it's known as the Message Bible. It is actually his paraphrase of the Bible. Brilliant, by the way. Was, he, he was more than that, though. He was an incredible theologian, an incredible thinker and writer, wrote a lot of best-selling books. But more than anything, what I appreciate most about him, he was a pastor. And he's been a pastor to pastors. One of his books that has become a modern classic has a lot to say to us on this little-by-little little topic today. And it says a lot just in the title. He wrote the book to address what it takes to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. It's a book about discipleship. It's a book about tra being transformed in the image of Jesus. And it's titled perfectly. Here's the title. Long obedience in the same direction. As a pastor in the book, he sounds more like an Old Testament prophet. And I, I, wanna, I, wanna I want you to listen to some of the opening paragraphs of the book. Peterson says this. One aspect of this world that I have been able to identify as harmful to Christians is the assumption that anything worthwhile can be acquired at once. We assume that if something can be done at all, it can be done quickly and efficiently. Our attention spans have been conditioned by 30-second commercials. Our sense of reality has been flattened by 30-page abridgments. In our culture, anything, even news about God, can be sold if it is packaged freshly. But when it loses its novelty, it goes on the garbage heap. There is a great market for religious experience in our world. There is a little enthusiasm for the patient acquisition of virtue, little inclination to sign up for a long apprenticeship in what earlier generations of Christians called holiness. The person whom I lead in worship and among whom I counsel, visit, pray, preach, and teach wants shortcuts. They want me to help them fill out the form that will get them instant credit in eternity. They are impatient for results. They have adopted the lifestyle of a tourist 
and only want the high points. But a pastor is not a tour guide. I have no interest in telling apocryphal religious stories at and around dubiously identified sacred sites. The Christian life cannot mature under such conditions and in such ways. His point? Transformation into the image of Jesus takes deep, devoted, daily commitment over a lifetime. It happens incrementally, slowly, and gradually. So gradually at times, it's going to feel like nothing is happening at all. But under the surface, when we offer the Lord our long obedience in the same direction, the results will be transformational and exponential. Peterson wrote this book 44 years ago. He wrote it in 1980. And then... He was concerned about us as believers trading our commitment, steadfastness, and faithfulness for the allure of instant gratification. 44 years ago, he mourned the shortening of our attention spans. He didn't die until 2018. So he lived long enough to know that social media made all his worries worse, a thousand times worse. Technology The internet and social media have destroyed our attention spans, eroded our commitment levels, and fed our selfish desires for immediate pleasure and instant gratification. I think that's why so many people in secular spaces and church spaces are addressing this issue and trying to turn our hearts back, point us back toward the power of compounding faithfulness. James Clear just wrote the best-selling book a year or so ago, Atomic Habits. In the Christian space, my friend Mark Batterson wrote, Do It for a Day. uh, Morgan Housel is a psychologist. He wrote, Same as Ever. In one way or another, they're all telling us what the Bible has been telling us for thousands of years. Invest consistently. Grow exponentially. Little by little. The power of compounding faithfulness. Let me point you to one more verse today before I hand it over to our campus pastors. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, Paul says this to Timothy. My son, be strong, constantly strengthened and empowered in the grace that is to be found only in Christ Jesus. The things, the doctrine, the precepts, the admonitions, the sum of my ministry, which you have heard me teach in the presence of many witnesses, entrust as a treasure to reliable and faithful people who will also be capable and qualified to teach others. Paul is asking Timothy to be the guardian, the carrier of a treasure that has been deposited into him. Like the writer of Proverbs, Paul is using financial language. He's asking Timothy to be the trustee of a trust, to be the steward of an investment, of an inheritance that he has received. Like a fund manager or a money manager caring for the assets of another person, Timothy is being called to be faithful to what has been entrusted to his care. The doctrine, the precepts, the admonition, the ministry, and pass it on to the next generation. I want you to notice how Paul prays for Timothy. He opens this passage. It is a prayer for compounding faithfulness in Timothy's life. He's not praying for compounding returns on Timothy's money. He's praying for slow, consistent, gradual, incremental, compounding returns on Timothy's faithfulness to care for what has been entrusted to him. Listen to the prayer. My son, be strong, constantly strengthened and empowered in grace. 
His prayer for Timothy to be constantly strengthened by grace is a prayer that Timothy would be consistently faithful. He's saying, Timothy, don't become a flash-in-the-pan preacher that blows up and burns out, cheapening the eternal treasure in you for a taste of fleeting fame and worldly applause. Paul doesn't want Timothy to lead a church that's looking for its 30 minutes of fame that gets trendy and goes viral and in 10 years has vanished off the scene. What happens fast will dwindle, but what is gathered little by little will grow exponentially. He's praying that Timothy will guard the trust that has been deposited in him by continually being strengthened by grace, by long obedience in the same direction, little by little, Faithful in the small but eternally important things over the long haul. Now, why would, I, why would I choose to teach on this this Sunday? Why would this be the one piece of vision that I wanted to drive down in the heart of our entire church family? We're going to make some pretty incredible faith-inspiring, direction-defining announcements for our church tonight at Vision Night. And I could have let all day today be surrounded around the hype of those two announcements, but that's not what I want. I don't want today to be about hype and all the emotion that will go along with those announcements. I want the principle that has sustained our church over the last century and three years, that, that, that what has sustained us, I want that to propel us into our future, and it's the power of compounding faithfulness little by little. On Vision Week in 2024, the goal is not hype. The win for our church today, next week, next month, next year, the next decade, the next generation, the next century is the gradual, consistent faithfulness of God's people to the little things over the course of the long haul. You know what I'm excited about this weekend? Because every time we come to a vision weekend like this, it's a good reminder to all of us that we are stewards of a trust, that we are called to continue the legacy of 103 years of long obedience in the same direction. And I want to pray over all of us today what Paul prayed over Timothy. Here's my prayer for us. To you, my family of faith, be strong, constantly strengthened and empowered in the grace that is to be found only in Christ Jesus. The things, the doctrine, the precepts, the admonitions, the sum of my ministry, which you have heard me teach in the presence of many witnesses, entrust as a treasure to reliable and faithful people who will also be capable and qualified to teach others. Invest consistently, grow exponentially, little by little.